With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I am so happy that you decided to join us. Um, if you like this podcast, you should go over and listen to a bunch of the other ones in our in our network with like the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast or High School Hoops or Coaching Youth Hoops. All of those are, I think, interesting, and uh, we would love if you left a five-star review. You can leave those one-star reviews at home. Um, But before we jump into the topic today, I'd like to give a big shout-out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. Um, Mention Coach Unplugged, and you'll get $450 off. You'll get great customer service. It is, um, it is. I can tell you from uh, someone that's still coaching, it has helped my team immensely. I can't tell you the number of shots that we have taken on our Dr. Dish machines. And then also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. You know, 25 years ago when I took over a program that no one wanted, that hadn't had had five winning seasons in 35 years, um, I was the only applicant. No one wanted it. I would have killed for a resource like teachhoops.com. It took me took me years to turn it into a national powerhouse. And um, I I have put all that secret sauce inside of teachhoops.com. So come over and check it out. 14-day free trial. It will give you the roadmap. It will give you me. It will give you one-on-one calls and office hours and, and a community of like-minded coaches. I think you'll love it. Let's head off to the podcast. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. Coach, you're going to be in the 1100s. I can tell you that because I was working on uh, I was working on my podcast this morning and I'm uh, – I'm actually working with Blue Wire Pods, which is a basketball. I, I just joined a network, which is only um, sports podcasts. So I haven't even mentioned it then. Your, your podcast will be the first time I've actually mentioned it. Um, but anyway, I was doing that this morning. So I know where you're going to fall and you'll be, you'll be in the 1100. So, so Matt, what I'm going to have you do is kind of introduce yourself. And then I want you to kind of walk through your basketball journey Mm-hmm. kind of how you got into coaching, how you got into this, and then how you got into what you're doing now with the leadership and the administration and the book. And, and we'll get to all that at the end, but just kind of your basketball journey 
Um, and uh, did I see her at Indiana University grad? Yep. Okay. So my I married a, I married a who I married. She she grew up in Mad. I, I I'm from Madison. So before I have you do this, I'm from Madison. She went to St. Thomas and she just walked in and then, oh, thank you. And then um, uh, she went and got her, she's uh, got her specialist degree. She's a psychologist from Indiana. So okay, I tell everybody that every basketball coach should marry a psychologist. That's a good tip. It's a good tip. That's it's a, a good really tip. good tip. She just, she just, oh, this is live. She just said she got me a, uh, just got me a cookie. So that's awesome. From Crumble Cookies. If in, they're not advertisers, but Crumble Cookies are really good. They're, really good. Right. they're like these big face cookies. Oh, look at that. That's like, I'm going to have to go for a run or something later. Okay. So, all right. So I'm sorry, coach. So like I said, before we started, I go, I do bird walk sometimes, but um, so go ahead, introduce yourself and uh, kind of tell us about your basketball journey. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Matthew Raybard, um, you know, I, my basketball journey actually started before I got into college athletics. Um, you know, growing up, I, I always loved college basketball, March Madness, um, and I just at a young age just became really obsessed with coaching and developed the dream of coaching and wanting to be a part of college basketball, March Madness. And so what's um, the first game you remember? The first game I remember? Like what, 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 what game hooked you? You know, honestly, for me, the interesting thing about me is I love March Madness, but I love conference championship week more. So when, when, you know, when people would always try to stay home or get out of school during March Madness, I always tried to stay home during conference championship week. Cause I had this, this habit of, I, I wanted to guess the bracket before there was Joe Lenardi and bracketology. Right. I was sitting at home with cute, you know, few cue cards trying to guess the bracket. So um, that was really where it started for me was that championship week. Cause I always loved when they did that small school, you know, the Patriot league or the America East where we are now. And, and they, then they won and they'd run onto the floor. That was just, right. it gave me goosebumps every time from when I was, you know, I think there's two, on. I think there's three for me. And okay. I've never actually mentioned this at all 1100. The first was my parents took me to our high school games, like right. the local high school where I was going to go. And I remember thinking, I was in middle school. I think, and those guys were like the next, they were the best things ever. And when they didn't make it to state, I remember crying and whatever. They had a really good team one year and I they didn't make it. And I, I remember being very upset. That's the first thing. The second thing is I remember my parents taking me to the state tournament, which is in Madison um, and on the old field house, um, which is where Bobby Knight looked at it and then turned around and said, I'm not taking this job. And then, it's like the barn up in Minneapolis. And the third one, that I think really sealed the deal for me was NC state. Okay. When, when Jim Belvano, I think that was the one like, Whoa, this is pretty cool. Like that was pre, that was like when ESPN wasn't really ESPN. Um, that's how old I am for all the listeners. But I remember that being uh, a really big deal. And, uh, and there were no DVRs for all the young pups that are listening. There was no way of recording it. When I watched that, you either watched it live or you didn't right. see it. Uh, so, um, but that's interesting. I think I, I've never actually talked about like how that's an interesting, I'll have to add, I'll have to add that to my questions for coaches about what game, because I think there's usually for all of us, something that hooks mm -hmm. us. Um, that's intriguing. Okay. So, yep. So that got you hooked into it. And then what happened? 
Yeah. And, you know, I, um, I have a younger brother who uh, was a better basketball player than me. And he, you know, he started. Wow. For an older brother to say that the younger one was brother, my brother would never admit that. So that's good. That's good. You know, I'll admit it because without him, I don't think I'd have gotten on my coaching journey because it was um, him doing travel teams and um, they just happened to need a coach at one point early when he started doing travel and my dad volunteered to do it. And uh, I said, well, dad, can I tag along and help you out? And then, you know, by the end of the year, I was coaching the team and, you know, did it all through high school and college. And uh, I'm surprised he still talks to me with all the, the yelling and the cussing and everything I used to do before I, uh, you know, figured out leadership a little more. Uh, but just started with him and, and I just saw coaching could maybe be a future for me. And, uh, you know, like a lot of college graduates, uh, you know, I was six months from graduation and had no idea what I wanted to do and no practical degree. So I said, you know, if I'm ever going to follow my dream of being a college basketball coach, I might as well do it. So, uh, you know, first of all, I'm a big fan of liberal arts degrees. So I have one, I, you know, I got a man, but I'm a big fan, even though you said you were a history major and an undergrad, it, mm-hmm. big fan, big fan. Cause I think it teaches you to think, which is an important thing. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think it, it served me well because it was kind of a foundation. It didn't, didn't, you know, I didn't feel beholden to pursue any specific career path because of what my undergraduate degree was in. You know, I, I just did history because that's what I love. You know, I'm a history nerd. So I just got a degree in history and, and enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, from there, just started trying to break into the business. I, I had no relatives in the business, no friends, didn't know anybody. Just, um, just started emailing coaches, sending out my resume that had all this wonky travel team stuff on it and um, got really lucky that uh, Western New Mexico was looking for an assistant coach that summer after I graduated and kept in contact with the coach. And um, he ended up inviting me out there for an interview. I drove from Chicago to the Southwest corner of New Mexico. It's about a 24 hour drive. And did the interview, offered me the job. And, you know, about a month later, I was moving out to Silver City, New Mexico to start my college coaching journey. And what, 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 what level was that? Division two. Okay. Wow. So, 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 so let's, let's rewind that for a second. What, what do you think separated you and what made you be able to get that? What, what was the separator? Just you were, you, you were on them. I mean, what, what was the separator? Cause, or, or, or maybe it was the school. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, the, the separator throughout my entire career has just been relentlessness. Uh, you know, if, if, if they say that you should follow up after two weeks, I'm going to follow up after one, I'm going to follow up again. I'm going to follow up again. I'm going to keep bugging you until you tell me, stop bugging me. And then I, I might bug you one more time to see if you're serious. It's just always been relentlessness. And, uh, and then just trying to do things to set myself apart. I'm, you know, I never really been afraid to take a risk, to put myself out there, to cold call, cold email, do that sort of thing. And, and look, some people that's a turnoff. They don't really like it. You know, I got plenty of no's in, in my career and especially early on. But like I, I always tell everybody, you only need one yes. So it doesn't matter how many no's you get if you just get that one yes. So I got a lot of no's on my way to it, but I, I got the one yes. And and that that's what started me in college coaching. Okay, so then, so how long were you there? And then what did that entail? So I, I was there for two years and I got my master's in educational leadership while I was there. And it was a great experience. You know, when you're at a, 
a, a small division two school, you got to do a whole lot of things. And so not only was I doing coaching, but I'm doing, you know, game ops at the football and volleyball games. I'm driving the softball team around. And it was, it was important for me from a basketball sense to learn the game, learn how to coach, but it was also important to learn how to be part of a team, how to work collaboratively, how to work with other assistant coaches, and also to learn from them. We, you know, we had a lot of other successful programs that I was able to learn from through those types of experiences. So it, it just was one of those things where I got to do a whole lot of stuff really quickly and get a lot thrown at me. And it, I think it really served me well moving forward. I love that. So then, so <laughs> you had to do a little bit of everything. So then what's next? What happened after that? So from there, I, I went and pretty much had the polar opposite experience. So I went from small rural Silver City, New Mexico to Dartmouth College in the Ivy League as an assistant coach. So and my brother and I are both Dart Dartmouth grads. So nice really? job. Yeah. Hanover rocks. Love Hanover. You know, my brother, my brother has a lake house 30 minutes from Hanover. We spent, we spent the last 10 summer. Oh, I love New Hampshire. My, and my son's going to Middlebury in. Oh, wow. That's great. In five weeks. Wow. So <laughs> we're ready. Bye. Go. I, yes. I can imagine. But Dartmouth's great. Great town. Great yeah. town. Yeah. How long were you there? I was there for a year. Okay. Uh, was up at Dartmouth for a year. We had a, we had a great, uh, we had a really good season. It was actually, and again, you, you don't really know these things you're going through it, but you know, we, we had a couple of really kind of epic games with Harvard, who was our rival at the time. And they had a player, a lot of your listeners probably know Jeremy Lin. Um, and you, you don't realize it at the time, but then I'm sitting there a few years later being like, I, we played against that guy. Like <laughs> we went toe to toe with him. Um, it's funny how the, the, the profession kind of comes back around and it's crazy. I had one of my, one of my, uh, one of my players just graduated and he's taking his fifth year at Loyola. Um, but he was second team. I mean, he, yeah, it was great. Great school. Great school. Can't say enough about go big green. All right. So then what happened after that? So, uh, from there I went down to Florida, Florida Gulf coast. Okay. Um, Whoa, geez. you're going. So let me describe Hanover, New Hampshire. It's like putting yeah. an Ivy League school in the middle of the woods. I'm just <laughs> going to describe it. And then you're going to basically you're going to Fort Myers. So you're going south. Like <laughs> you're going like, yeah, you're two hours from Miami. It's it's yeah. Good weather, though. Good yeah. weather. Yeah. And how long yeah. were you there? I was at uh, Florida Gulf Coast for a year. And um, then I, I got really lucky. I had the opportunity to come back up to Chicago, where I'm originally from, and get to uh, Chicago State. Okay. And um, you know that was a that was a, a tremendous experience for me because I got to be there for a while. I was there for eight seasons. Worked for the same coach. We largely had the same staff, and just really. I feel like that's when I really came into my own as a coach. The other jobs I was learning kind of on the go and right. trying to soak everything in. But when I got there, I felt like now I could finally put all the pieces together and, and be a coach. I'm still okay. learning, but I can start, start giving more to the players than I had been before. Cause I was kind of ready for it. And what, so let me ask you a question about all these, what were obstacles and what were, what were, things that were easy to easier like what what was the difference between d2 and d1 and what was the difference between obviously there's a huge difference between dartmouth and florida gulf coast and between chicago state those are those are three totally separate types of schools um 
how could you what 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 obstacles did you see or things that you saw in that journey i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You know, I think, you know, when I was at, when I went from D2 to D1, I think, you know, first off, you know, the, the players were very different. Um, and not only was I going to division one, but it was non-scholarship division one. It was high academic division one. The Ivy league culture was very different, right? They're going to, they're going to labs rather than, yeah, they're doing what they got to do. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, so it was really like a polar opposite experience for me. Um, and, but, you know, going D one to D one Dartmouth, the Florida Gulf coast, you know, I, I think a big difference there is, you know, when you're in the Ivy League, there's a lot of other competing factors. There's the academic factor. You've got the tradition of the Ivies. There's Ivy weekends. You're playing back-to-back games. It's a very unique Division One experience. It so is. When I got to Florida Gulf Coast, it was more of a you know we're in the A Sun. It was more of a traditional Division One experience. Right. It, it, yeah. It, it, I I would I would agree from yeah I would agree that it's. Yeah, the the number of people you can recruit for Dartmouth is this small little sliver, (laughs) and the people you can root for Florida Gulf Coast is actually a much bigger sliver. But it's not where they are in their pecking order is different too. So you have those. uh, There's different obstacles with every job, obviously, unless you're like the Kentucky coach or something. I guess. Um, All right. So then, so how long were you at Florida Gulf Coast? One year. Okay. So one year, one year, and then eight years. Tell that progression. Why was that? Was it was it a, a lateral move? Was it an upward move? Was it a family move? What what was what caused that kind of progression? So you know, going Chicago State, I got the opportunity to to come back home, which was great. After I kind of you know traversed the country, right. and it was an opportunity. Also, it was a new staff there. Our head coach Tracy Dildy, um, you know, he had brought in a new staff, so. You know, I kind of, I, I, I didn't know him, but we knew some mutual people and I ended up meeting him and kind of pitching him on the idea of bringing me in. And he kind of, he brought me in for a year to see how it would go. And it went really well. We, we bonded, um, built a great relationship. And, you know, I, I, at that point, I just wanted to just be there and build something. I just wanted to see year over year over year, how could we develop this program? Let's bring guys in. Let's, let's get those freshmen to graduation. And just kind of feel instead of kind of popping into situations like I had right. been, really be a part of building something. Right. And and so Chicago State's an interesting job. All those jobs are an interesting job because you really don't have to leave a 60 mile radius to be competitive, probably. But right. that's a harder thing than easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as getting the kids to 
to play. Where does Chicago State play? So they we they play it on campus. On campus, okay. Yep. And how much did that hold? It's a pretty good size arena. I think it's like about maybe six, seven thousand. Okay, that's pretty good. Center. It's 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 really nice. It is very nice. Um, okay, so then what happened after the Chicago State? So you know, like a lot of coaches, you know, I hopped from place to place, got to Chicago State. And, you know, we, we built, 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 got to year four, year five, when you kind of feel like, okay, we've sent a class through, we've sent a couple of junior college classes through, had a couple of really good years. Now it's time to move on. And we looked around college basketball and we couldn't move on. And, you know, Chicago State, I personally think Chicago State is the toughest job in the country. Um, very, very low resource. Um, the first couple of years we were there, we weren't in a conference with automatic bid. We eventually got in the WAC. Um, we were logging the most miles, maybe outside of Gonzaga, um, just <laughs> always were. on the plane, just always in hotels. It just, and, um, you know, you kind of get to a point, I think, where you kind of look around and you see, you know, we've done everything we can. Uh, we had a lot of administrative turnover and, and I just started feeling then like, okay, you know, I, I need some, I need to, again, to do some things that kind of set me apart. I got to, you know, wins and losses. We've had some good years, but I got to do something to set me apart. And that, that's when I went back to school at Chicago State while I was coaching to pursue my doctorate in educational leadership, just to try to give me one other thing, one other leg up, you know, just to kind of keep building my resume. Right. I mean, and, and where, where in the city is Chicago State, where in the city is it? It's uh, it's far on the south side, 95th south side. Street. Yep. How far from Wrigley? So basically like downtown, you could put it zero. Wrigley is you know, like another 40, 40, 50 blocks north of that. We were 95 blocks south. So okay. we were, we're, we're, we're about 30, we're about 55, 60 blocks south of, um, well, I call it Comiskey, but uh, I guess uh, guaranteed rate field now. Okay. Well, Kaminsky too, even, I, even though I'm not a, a Sox fan. I am a Cubs fan, but I'm not a Sox fan. Um, okay, so uh, okay, so then, so what happened? What, what was your progression as a profession then after that? Yeah, so actually, in my sixth year at Chicago State, there was just a lot of administrative turnover, and I had the opportunity to do some administration while I was coaching. So, I, you know, again, my mentality has always been just kind of do whatever you can to set yourself apart. So I started doing administration, started doing compliance while I was coaching. And I did that for a couple of years. And then when our head coach got let go after the 18-19 season, I was in a position where I could transition into administration for the time being, see how it went and give myself another you know, potential career path to stay in college athletics. Okay. So, so you could be, you could be an athletic director at basically any school then. Yep. Okay. Um, and that's what you're doing now. Yep. So right now I'm the, uh, executive senior associate athletic director at university of Hartford. Hartford. Okay. Yep. Um, and how did you end up at Hartford? Uh, you know, what basically when did administration, did Chicago State for a little while, wanted something different, uh, went out to the University of Northern Colorado in administration, and uh, just happened to get, my wife is from New Hampshire, so we were looking to move back east, um, and so it's just the Hartford job came up and um, just kind of went for it, and we were fortunate to get it and, and move out here uh, weeks before everything went crazy in the world uh, with <laughs> the pandemic. 
it's funny too uh um yeah it is like it's so much easier on the east coast to travel from like going from hartford to new hampshire is not bad but going from like new mexico to to you know eastern texas is going to take you a while like <laughs> that's what people don't realize everything out there is condensed man you can get yep. you can get from state to state in no time um so then so how did the how so let's let's dive into the book because the book intrigues me because i'm always talking about leadership but i think it's one of those things like culture that people always talk about but then they don't teach it um <laughs> uh so how did the book come about um and then yeah dive into the book a little bit like how did it come about how long did it take how did that happen yeah, so when I was at Chicago State and I was doing my, my doctoral program, I started working on my dissertation. And my dissertation was trying to figure out what's the best leadership style for, for basketball coaches to practice. And we, we had just happened to add an additional question at the end that basically was trying to gauge, do coaches know the leadership style they're actually practicing? And so, you know, I, I did a study, put out a survey, division one, two, and three men's college basketball coaches. And, you know, coaches basically said, this is the leadership style I think I'm practicing. They answered a whole bunch of questions on leadership. And then at the end, I got the results and I could say, this is the type of leader you actually are and compare it to what they thought they were. And, and what percentage were right? And what percentage were wrong? Uh, a very high percentage were wrong. Yeah, I would guess. <laughs> there was uh, the gap was huge, and 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 I had over two hundred coaches in the study from Power Five to Division Two and Three Final Four national championship coaches, and overall the population there was a big gap between the leadership style they thought they were practicing and what they were actually practicing. So, is there a correct leadership style? So my study determined that the best leadership style for coaches to practice is transformational leadership. So inspirational motivation, positive communication mixed with the autocratic leadership behavior of coaches unilaterally making quick decisions. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think if that's, I think I've, I think I've morphed into that. Um, I don't think it, as a youngster, I don't think most young coaches are probably not that. <laughs> when, when you describe that, I'm going, oh, I don't know many young coaches that are that way. Um, that's interesting. Yes. Uh, so, and what, what did, and, and how many different types of leadership styles are there? So there, there's, there's like an infinite number of leadership right. styles. They're, they're all, you know, I, for me, it kind of comes down to, transformational leadership, transactional leadership, servant leadership, democratic leadership, um, autocratic leadership. Those are kind of the big five that I focus on. Okay. Um, and how does a, how does a coach go about changing their style? So that, that was why I wrote the book because okay. for me personally, you know, that was not, I, that was not a softball, but I, I guess it was a softball, but I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just asking you, I'm literally asking you questions that I have, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, like, you know, for me, cause you know, when, when I was a coach, I was a division one and two coach for over 12 years. And there just weren't that many professional development opportunities that taught me about leadership. And I found throughout my career, a lot of what was termed leadership development was more just 
networking or, you know, maybe some management training. It wasn't like really dedicated leadership training of these are the leadership styles that are best for coaches. This is how to practice them. And this is how you figure out what's best for you. And that was why I, I decided to write the book was to, you know, take this foundational leadership knowledge. These are really great leadership styles for coaches. This is how you practice them. This is some techniques. This is some tools you could use to practice them with your team. This is how you figure out if they're working. And this is how you continue to, you know, change your leadership practice over time and adapt it as you progress as a coach. And, and that's really what I try to do with the book is just say, here's a menu of leadership options. You figure out what you know, your personal, you know, leadership values are and your beliefs. And then these, you match up the styles that you think are going to be best for you. Does it, does the sport matter? Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.